Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Get your ride ready for spring driving with Dobbs Spring Break Deals. Money-saver deals you can use on Goodyear, Pirelli, Cooper, Michelin, and General Tires. Expert auto service, too. Click on GoToDobbs.com for spring break deals now. NinjaBling.com, the online home of Moritz Royce Jewelry, the exclusive jeweler of the Riz Show. Check out their huge collection, including one-of-a-kind pieces from the Simon G Collection. Or they can make you your own, custom-built piece just for you. And because they have an upstairs location, Moritz Royce can save you money over the street-level stores. Make an appointment. Head to NinjaBling.com to get the address and phone number. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Moritz Royce Jewelry, where you get the jewels and not the shit. They're back! Wait till you see the newly renovated Hot Shots Fenton. You're going to love the smoke-free environment featuring enhanced viewing options, a redesigned gaming area, live odds tickers and sports line boards, refreshed dart and pool table areas, and an all-new covered outdoor patio. Construction's finished, and the Hot Shots team can't wait to show off the new amenities throughout. Come see all the changes and visit them at hotshotsnet.com. You're going to love the new look. Hot Shots Fenton is now open. This is the Last Minute Blues Podcast with Jeff Burton, Donnie Fandango, and former Blues defenseman Jamie Rivers. It is the Last Minute Blues Podcast. Donnie Fandango and Jeff Burton from 105.7 The Point. Jamie Rivers, former St. Louis Blue and a member of the on-air staff at 101 ESPN doing the midday show with Anthony Stalter. Uh, Gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the show. How you guys doing? What's going on? You know, hanging out here, trying to get stuff working over here and then get you guys going and talk about some blues hockey. Is it working? Yeah. Like, is it? Oh, All right. I don't know. We'll see. What it's happens. always an adventure. Jeff gets yeah. behind there, and, you know, we're both on the air. Jeff's in here probably just having a nap. And right. we come in, and it's like a game of roulette that, every time. You that, know what? You're not actually not kidding about. 45 minutes ago, I was napping. Yeah. There you go. But, 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 here, but here's where we can agree on and let Jeff off the hook a little bit. No. Mm-hmm. A little bit. Okay, let's see. A good 20, well, we'll see. Right. A good 25% of the time, it's not his fault. There, <laughs> there is some sort of, of demonic something or the other happening in this computer slash board that will... So, I mean, most of the time, yes, but not all of the time. You know, it may or may not have something to do with what he has in the coffee cup. I don't know what you're talking about. What? I don't have a coffee cup. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I mean, I'm hey, just saying. By the way, don't give me too much crap because without me, you guys couldn't do this part over here unless you watch the YouTube video for about right. three minutes. <laughs> then then you're more qualified. I figured than... out it's, it's hard to click that button with the red circle. Yeah, yeah. But do you even know what that means? I but, don't either. But you don't know. But in all seriousness, like <laughs> I, you know, in a, a few weeks ago, for the first time in a while, I had to do some like self-producing of some commercials and stuff and i have not done that and and done that sort of thing is it, that your band yeah it's my band-aid oh my don't god. worry don't worry it's I my band-aid it was just a random band-aid that got stuck on you and i was like oh my god oh my god i was just at the local watering park oh uh, water park and oh i just god. i was about to just tap out oh. i'm done boys no, see you later all right well no, this see, is the look. shortest last minute look, blues right podcast see, of all look, time look. it's what? been on since uh, yesterday so it's about time it goes jeff has a boo-boo oh, i know oh. i do i do but anyway back to carpet burn no no i think i think not not i'm a professional i think I think the logical place to start, dudes, a lot of people are excited. Clem Costin gets the uh, the call up today uh, from San Antonio. And I think that there's a couple of different 
thoughts here. One scenarios. All yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the Blues obviously need a body, probably for one, and for two to kind of see what the kids got. Jamie, what 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 do you think here? Well, uh, we're fortunate enough to have Doug Armstrong on the show yesterday, and we kind of visited this scenario, and he just said flat out, he said, look, it, we're headed into the weekend. We have to go to Columbus to play a game. Then we're at home against Anaheim, and we're going to need a body. We're, we're not ready yet to extend a contract offer to the PTOs, which I know we'll get into. Yeah. So we'll have to bring up a young guy from San Antonio early. And just you know, basically that's it. Clem Costin comes up now. They need a guy. Uh, that would be a safety net in case there's an injury of some kind, heaven forbid, at this point for the Blues. But, guys, I think this is just a, t- a, a reward for mm-hmm. Clem Costin. You know, he's been in the minors for two straight years, has yet to have his first real NHL game. This is a chance for him. I remember this situation as a young guy. You go down, you play hard, you get that token, you know, hey, come on up, play for the big club. You get to have him integrated with the coaches, the players. He gets to see what Blues hockey is, what the culture is about, what a Stanley Cup championship locker room feels like. This is invaluable information for a guy like Clem Costin to bring back down to the minors. And now, you know, for lack of better words, you've infected him with this great disease of a winning culture, and now he drags that down to the minors as well. And now guys look at him and they say, oh, my God, that's what it's like. So we better be doing this and this and this if we want to get a call up one day. And if we go up there, we know we better be ready to go. So I think this is really a a great move by the St. Louis Blues. Jordan Cairo's not quite ready yet. He's only had two games under his belt, three points in two games. Great job. But still probably got some catching up to do as far as getting back into game shape. So this is great. I think Clem. Co- I think you'll see him in the lineup too. I don't see the reason why you'd bring him up and not play him. So I think uh, I think he'll get in against Columbus, and I think he'll get in against Anaheim. I, I read something from a baseball player once that was talking about how once they made the jump from AAA to Major League Baseball, the meal money, the traveling, <laughs> the accommodations were just a different level. And like you're talking about, he was like. I did not want to go back down to riding the buses for 15 hours, you know, after I got that cup of coffee. So it's just a great motivator in, in that time to, hey, man, I want to, if I got to go back down, I want to be back up as quick as I can. Yeah, I always say it's a, it, once you get a taste of the filet mignon, you, very seldom do you want to go back to the microwave rawhide that you had <laughs> right. in the minors, you know? And, and that's, that's the best way to put it. Everything's the greatest, uh, your paychecks are much better. Uh, you know, the, the locker rooms, the accommodations, the flights instead of buses, the food, it, it does give you a, a good look at what life can be like, but you got to be playing the game the right way. And especially here in St. Louis, you better be ready to compete and play blues hockey if you want to stick around and get the filet mignon. Just real quickly, we had uh, Chris Kerber on the program uh, this morning, and we talked about how different organizations may have a different level of luxury. You were just talking about how the difference between the minors and the NHL, huge difference. Is there a big difference between the way the, let's say, the New York Islanders players are treated by the parent club and, let's say, the Florida Panthers team is treated? As far as accommodations, plane rides, hotels, quality of food, things like that. Yeah, trust me, there's a big difference from team to team. And Sometimes that's a deciding factor. When you see a guy sign somewhere, you're like, why would he sign there instead of, you know, Team X? Because they're a better team. Well, they might be close in, in that regard. But, like, if you're comparing, like, the New York Rangers to the New York Islanders, that's night and day. New York Rangers, I mean, you are treated like a king. 
You have a chef that travels with you. You have a chef at the rink. And you have meal plans that are put together for you once a month or once a week, rather. You get a box that's made full of food. You take it home. You freeze it. So every meal you have is prepared accordingly to that individual, to his physical needs, and to a chart that they filled out. Like, that's how extensive it gets from team to team, and you get other teams that's like, hey, all right, take care. See you tomorrow. I'm putting that in my next contract. I want, <laughs> right. I want a box of frozen food once a month. I tried to get a big stapler for my desk, and they said no, so I don't know, man. Good luck. <laughs> but, yeah, it does vary from team to team, and that was – it's gotten – the gap for that has gotten a lot smaller over the years because if you don't compete at the same level off the ice as everybody else, you will lose some of those free agents to a bigger, better – program that's providing more such as the rangers the maple leafs bruins like teams that have top dollar and back in in my time and i know you love to hear this but the detroit red wings mm, yeah heard of them were yeah. were that team yeah. and you go there and you know they they were the first team that i played on to where every day we left practice there was a meal ready for us you just wow. walked in grabbed lunch you did your thing and they had two massage therapists they had four trainers they that's had- what i want Screw the frozen food. I want a massage therapist. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. But teams used to have, like, one trainer, one equipment guy, one massage guy, and that was kind of it. You just rode with that staff. Red Wings, they were the first team I'd been on that had, like, two guys and four medical guys, three equipment guys, and then a dressing room attendant so that, like, if between periods you like a certain thing ready or you need tape or guy, you, obviously these guys pick up on tendencies you come off for the intermission just like sitting there waiting for man um, and back to costin real quick and i don't yeah. want to get super x's and o's or anything but they do play him where does he play what do you expect from the guy i, I think he fits into one of two places he's a big guy right he's like six five something uh yeah he's about six three six three six three uh he's a big strong kid uh he fits in well, depending on what Craig Berube wants to do. He would fit in incredibly with Ryan O'Reilly and David Perron. And once again, that's not to say that I'm dogging on Zach Sanford. It's nothing at all. But if you have to find a spot for Clem Costin to play, it's a pretty good idea to put him with Ryan O'Reilly and you know let him kind of learn from what I would consider to be one of the best in the NHL at what he does. Uh, second option would be to see him go in for Jacob Delarose one night. Not that he's played poorly, but that's why you got that guy in the trade is for a depth position. Right, yeah. Clem Costin could slide in on the line with Tyler Bozek, who Craig Berube said the other day uh, loves putting new guys and young guys with Tyler Bozek because he is so uh, sound defensively. He's so responsible on the ice. He communicates so well with the guys, and he's great at teaching the systems to young guys and new guys. So if you're going to do that, that's where you put him. I don't see him going in on the fourth line. Um, now, mind you, the more I think about it, I go, you know what? Clem Costin, if you did insert him in lieu of a Mackenzie McEachern, that the dynamic of that line changes. It goes from just kind of running around and playing that finish your check, cycle the puck. Well, now you've got a guy who can bury it. you got a guy with an NHL shot. He's big. He's fast. He can do all those things. So that fourth line for the Blues really becomes another third line because kind of the like scoring Christine prowess. last year. Exactly. Yeah, different exactly. kind of player, but uh, an offensive player on the fourth line. Changes the dynamic yeah. of the line. So, you know, I, I think everybody thinks he's going to come up and play right away with, like, Shannon Schwartz because, hey, let's replace a Russian with another Russian. <laughs> sure. That's um, not that's not a, a, not a league works. rule, is it? I don't <laughs> think. No. Not anymore. Yeah. The new CBA that got eliminated. <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> but I, I think you have a better chance of seeing him – 
you know, on one of those other three lines. And quite honestly, I think it's time where some of the young guys maybe got a night off. Not that they're playing poorly, but get a break, get a breather. Mackenzie McEachern, you know, he's done a fantastic job, but you could easily say, hey, look, take a break for a game, put him back in, and then switch him off with somebody else the next game. And I would definitely have Clem Costin in the lineup for both of those games, reevaluate after Saturday, see where you guys are health-wise, and also see where your PTOs are at. Yeah, and I want to ask you about that. You, how common is this during the course of the year? It seems like that that obviously this happens when there's a rash of injuries. Um, do these guys legitimately have a chance to make the team? Um, what do you think is going to happen with, with, with both of them? Yeah, so this it's interesting. Okay, and, and I, when we had Army on, I asked him flat out. I'm like, look, Army, I've seen this tactic before in the off season for training camp. I haven't seen PTOs in season. Anytime I've seen that, it's been where they sign them to the minor league team. It's usually a 25-game tryout, which could be two games or 25. It's a maximum of 25. They go down to the minor league team, skate, play a couple of games, and if they're deemed to be ready, then the NHL team signs them, and it becomes an NHL contract. This is the first time I've seen two guys, let alone one, sign a 10-day PTO, which I guess Army's just put a hard cap on that. It could be longer, I believe. But 10 days, and he's going to make a decision on these guys to practice with the team, travel with the team, and see where they're at. And look, the way it is right now with Steen and Tarasenko out, uh, it's left the team with nobody as far as a healthy scratch. And I think that both of these guys would be very happy to be on an NHL roster, and they're not going to complain if they have to sit out every – Couple games, right, or yeah, you know, it's, like it's a, better than sitting out the entire season. Well, yeah, yeah. It, it, yeah, exactly. So, I personally believe that only one of the two will get signed, uh, but it wouldn't surprise me if both guys get signed. I think you know, I, I think the uh, the emergence of Clint Costin here and Jordan Cairo as the next week to ten days go by, I think that will tell Doug Armstrong a lot about whether he signs one of them or both of them or neither of them. And also, to their credit, or for their camp, as far as that side of it is concerned, there's other teams that are going, oh, wow, Brower's trying out over here. It may help him latch on with another team, is, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, um, you're not wrong. It's possible. Mm-hmm. The, the hard part with that concept is that he still isn't playing games, right? So it, it's a different story when you have a guy go to training camp on a PTO, like Scotty Upshaw couple of years ago, went to one place on a PTO and signed with somebody else Right afterwards because they'd played against him, saw him play, and it was like, okay, great. But he had the, the stage, the platform, in order to perform at a game level. It, you're not going to get that here. Right, so yeah. unless somebody's coming to secretly scout the practices, I mean, I don't see the Houston Astros anywhere around here. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> that's <point>. good. <laughs> Timely. Very good. <laughs> you know, this, this might be kind of a, of a dumb question, no surprise, but – if if one of these two PTOs make the team, does that mean something negative on maybe a couple of the guys that are on the long side of the bench? And I'm thinking specifically of like Zach Sanford, who has a tough time sticking in the lineup and doing what they want him to do every game to, to stay in there. Does that play into that? You're all. saying if both guys make it. I mean, honestly, because one, one they need, like right. you said, just one a they warm need body because they, they need a the healthy scratch. Yeah, but every you'd night. still have one guy that would have to be out, right? right. So it wouldn't necessarily be, hey, we're going to sign you're going to sit in the crowd until we need you. Right? It probably but, have to get him in the mix. But seriously, yeah. so let's say hypothetically they sign Brower, they sign Brower to a deal, and then Brower plays and Sanford doesn't. Mm-hmm. The, 
I don't see a problem with that. Well, I'm not saying that it's a problem necessarily. I'm just saying for for Sanford and his development here, isn't that like sort of a sign of kind of where he's standing? Well, I guess if you isolate one player Mm -hmm. like that, it could be. But I don't think that's what will happen. Mm -hmm. I think that Craig Berube and his staff will be really smart about it. And if Troy Brower is the player, let's just use him for an example right now, and and he gets in the lineup, I think there's, you know, a number of guys – Zach Sanford, Mackenzie McEachern, Jacob DeLaRose, even Sammy Blay, if he gets complacent. You know, those are guys that you could take out for a game. And then if you have a rotation where you miss one game every five as a young player, it's really not that heartbreaking. It, I shouldn't say that. In the moment it is, you feel like crap and you're angry and you hate that, you know, you're really pissed off. But when you step back and look at it, you're like, okay, you know what? And then also injuries happen too. Along the way. So if Troy Brower gets in and Zach Sanford comes out for a game, then somebody gets hurt. Well, guess what? Zach Sanford's going right back in and there's nobody that has to come out for a while. So a lot of this is going to work itself out as it's happening in real time. You you say that you know you know it's good to have another body just in case of injuries and stuff. Also, just in case a suspension, you bring up Sammy Blay, and maybe I'm just you know very sensitive as you guys know I am. <laughs> Clearly, but why why isn't Sammy Blay? Why isn't anybody talking about him talking to the league with the hit last night with the shoulder and he and he, and he lifted up off the ice? Does he have a hearing? No, no, I'm no, not. No, I I, you're trying to say. I'm like, as soon as I saw the hit, I was like, "Oh, well, there's a couple of games, or no, there's a game." That was nothing. Jeff. They well, they said on on the TV, I know, but on they, the talking box, I thought they were overreacting. Okay, all right. Well, honestly, that's my I, question. I'll put it on record. I don't even agree with their assessment of the play. Darren Pang went on to say, "Oh, well, clearly it's a head." I disagree. You know, all I all I saw was it was shoulder on head and his and his, his skates were up off the ice. That's when well, I was that's, like, "Oh crap! Oh crap!" If you're going to isolate something, and I know Panger did say this that he's you know he jumped off the ice, that is a problem. Now the head contact, yes, there was eventual head contact, but I, it wasn't to me the primary target. And then when you watch it happen, I almost felt embarrassed for uh, Demers because I was like, "Dude." You literally, like, yeah, you got kind of clipped in the side of the head, and then what, both of your legs broke at the exact same time? <laughs> I th- actually, t- but honestly, though, I think there's a nerve right here. Oh, yeah, here there's a nerve, all right. Straight down to the legs, and it just cuts off. It's, connect- it's connected to somewhere, yeah. but it ain't the legs, okay? <laughs> you, got, you got clipped on the side of the head, and then all of a sudden, your two legs got broken. Right. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's a, a hell of a hit, Sammy that's Blake. A, that's a, a chief rolling puck, my dad. That's a thing that he used to say, oh, you got high stuck in the face, huh? Did you break your legs? No. <laughs> you didn't, did you? Why are you laying on the ice? Skate your ass to the bench unless you're dead. Real quick, just um, just because I liked him a lot, and I think everybody pretty much, everybody did, including Doug Armstrong, really look forward to seeing Robbie Fabry get to play a lot with the Wings. And I really like, he's just one of those guys I'll never, I don't think ever stop rooting for, man. I, I really wish that things could have happened good for him here, but even in the, the exit interviews or, or or the day after Fabry got traded, Armstrong was just talking about how much he really liked him and really wanted to see him succeed. So it's not like dude wore out his welcome or anything. The Blues actually kind of did him a favor by trading him. Well, yeah, you, you look at that, and I went through a very similar situation. My last days in Detroit was, I didn't see eye-to-eye with Mike Babcock, uh, but Kenny Holland had signed me to two contracts there, and Really had a great relationship. Basically came to, hey, look, Kenny, I'm on the last year of my deal. I need to go play somewhere. Otherwise, I'm done. You know, and I've got kids at home. I've got a family to provide for. So he ended up trading me to Arizona at the deadline. Went on to play 
20 games here, had a great run, got another contract out of it. So Kenny Holland did me a huge favor. I think getting to your question is I think Doug Armstrong and Craig Berube did Robbie Fabry a favor here. They, mm-hmm. they knew that, listen, Robbie Fabry, he's got four points in three games for the Red Wings. Two goals his first game and then assists on both game-winning goals the next following games, and they've won three in a row since he's been there. Oh, thanks a lot, Army. <laughs> okay, I'm glad you just did I that. I mean, come on. <laughs> no, Two I... goals in the first game? <laughs> well, you got robbed, Army. <laughs> you, how many people on oh, Twitter and the Blues gosh. forums were losing uh, their freaking mind? I was <laughs> looking to see how much it would cost to replace my phone because I wanted to throw it. <laughs> okay, but you got taken, Army. <laughs> okay, did he? Did he? Je- Jeff, huh? put the knife down. Right, okay, <laughs> here's why I'm glad that you just said that, okay? Because people have to realize <laughs> that one, Jeff's... <laughs> special. Um, but two, uh, Robbie Fabry was not going to get that opportunity here. He just wasn't. Yeah. So if you put Robbie Fabry in the lineup here where you think he was going to be slotted in, he's not going to get those minutes. He got two power play goals in the first game. He wasn't right. seeing the power play here. He was seeing the press box and the hot dogs up there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's it, right? Yeah. So Good trail mix up there in the press tra- box. Really although you got to watch some people. They don't wash their hands. They dye their hands I apologized. I watched Jeff the one day. <laughs> they were day. out of soap. He was up to his elbow in the trail mix. <laughs> trail mix, Donnie. That's code for something. Yes, I think. And I'm thankful I don't know what it is. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure you don't. Well, gentlemen, uh, we've, uh, gentlemen, we've got a few emails. If you would like to uh, to do some emails from uh, from our listeners, which there are some, yeah, which is very nice. What is the address again? <laughs> Last minute blues. Pop- you didn't write it down. L M B. No, I did. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Yeah, LMBP at 1057thepoint.com. You got it. This one coming. LMBP at 1057thepoint.com. Sorry. Recently on, this is coming from Kim. Hi, Kim. Uh, Recently on the Rizzuto Show, they talked about the inner game things that go on and how some people despise them, such as the wooing and playing Country Road by John Denver. I was curious to know if the players notice that stuff going on during a game and if there are any things that they despise as much as some of these cranky-ass fans. That's a really solid email from Kim. There are... (laughs) people that on Twitter, and I, I'm sure you, I don't follow them anymore because when somebody pisses me off on Twitter, guess what I do? I unfollow them. I just, I, Novel I, I idea. Get, I know. I get rid of the drama. The, there are people that are threatening to turn in their uh, season tickets over Country Road. Get and, the hell out And, and crap like that. Dude, I don't even like that song and that's me? ridiculous. And it's like three and a half minutes out of your life if they even played the whole thing and they don't. So do, I, you, hear, do you guys hear that stuff down on the ice at all? <laughs> Sorry. This is great. Um, I never knew there was a side of it all. This is kind of funny. Um, <laughs> yeah, you hear it. Like when the whole crowd is singing Country Road. And I mean, the the very first couple of times, you're kind of taken aback a little bit. Like, oh, wow, it's pretty neat. Everybody's singing it. After a while, though, it does get a little long in the tooth. And you're like, yeah, you know, but it doesn't affect you. The wooing, same thing. I mean, it is what it is. I don't really care as a player. I'm like, you know what? They paid their money. That guy's 12 beers deep. I hope he has an Uber. You know, like that kind of stuff. It's not a big deal. It's not going to make you miss the goal on a slap shot or something. No, but now circling back to this, what what did players hate? Okay? Yeah. We hate... Shoot! Oh yeah, oh, yeah. We'd Shoot. like. Oh, by the way, we we'd like to apologize. For that. Skate! <laughs> yeah. Really? 
Thank you. I almost forgot I was supposed yeah. to skate. What's What's always amazing? Oh, so your, now shoot it now. Is and that your what you're power saying? play expertise on when to shoot the puck was much appreciated. Thank you. I yeah. wouldn't have done it without you. Noel from IT. Thanks for letting me know that I should shoot now. Yeah. Appreciate it. Jim in section three hundred four. Thanks, man. We appreciate it. <laughs> there, was, there was a game last year that Ben and I went to, and Petrangelo got the puck. Right in the offensive zone, and I mean as soon as he got into the offensive zone, this guy behind us starts screaming to shoot, and Benjamin is like, they haven't even set up a play yet. I'm like, I know, son, just, you know, it's the 12 beers deep factor, man. It just, that's the most frustrating thing. You're out there, and, you know, you set up on the power play. You guys know what you're supposed to be doing. You know, you're snapping it around. You're looking for some tendencies. You're looking for a shot lane. Because not everybody can see what you're seeing. Like when you're down on the ice, it's like trying to fire a golf ball through 27 oak trees. It's like, okay, I don't know if I can get it there or not. Right. But up the guy, I tell you, shoot. Yeah. Maybe you we know. should do an earpiece for you guys down on the oh. ice. Then. Very helpful. Yeah, yeah I would think so. Yeah. I'd like to be able to have a hockey mind like Noel from IT. <laughs> Boy, oh, poor Noel's boy. getting dragged today. Uh, I'm, um, I'm sure he's a good guy. He just quit. <laughs> this one coming from Kyle. Uh, Kyle says, hey, guys, love the podcast. It would be awesome to hear it twice a week if possible. We're getting there. You guys touched on the number of OT wins, but I'm curious if you think that this might affect the team later in the season. Maybe the team wears down a little quicker, or since these players are top athletes and not a lot of hitting happens, they just take the win as a win. Thanks from Kyle. Uh, we can do two uh, podcasts a week. You listen to this today. Yes. Wait a couple of days. <laughs> listen to it again. Listen to it again, <laughs> but do it at a slightly slower or faster speed. <laughs> Therefore, I don't have to come back up here at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> but anyway, whatever his question was, what do you think? I've lost track now. Yeah, no, no, no. What was the question? Sorry, I brought the uh, you comedy guys touched heat on the number of OT forgot. wins. I'm yeah, curious yeah. if you think that it might oh, affect yeah. the team later in the season, maybe wears them down a little quicker, mm-hmm. et cetera. Okay. Well, the way it works initially, obviously, is you're giving points to an opposition. Now, it only really matters in your division, but the league does use as a tiebreaker regulation wins. So if you end up tied with a certain team and they in the same amount of points, but you right now the Blues are on a streak where they have a ton of overtime wins – well, it comes down to, well, who won more in regulation? Who got more points without overtime? So the tiebreaker would go to whatever team did that. Uh, the second part of it, though, is, yeah, there's not as much hitting as there once was, and it's not as physical, but there's more skating, and it's faster, and that three-on-three is wide open. And so if you look at Alex Petrangelo last night, he plays 26 and a half minutes in the game, and, and – Three minutes of that, I think, at least three, was in overtime. Mm. So if you do the math here, and Jeff, I'll exclude you. All right. I know how difficult Appreciate that it. Is. I didn't bring uh, a pencil. Or crayon. Anyways. Uh, when you do, I did. I ate it. <laughs> that's, that Oh, that's what that is in your teeth? Okay. Sorry. But if you do the math, that adds up over the course of the season. And so Ryan O'Reilly, David Perron, Braden Shan, Alex Petrangelo, Colton Pareko, your top guys are playing more minutes. And it's not like it just burns them out. It does. But when you're worn down at game 42-43, you're more susceptible to tweaking something, Uh an injury, a groin, a hip flexor, whatever, right? It just opens that up. Let's just take care of business in in regulation. Now, are they purposely going to overtime? No, obviously not. Uh, But it would be nice to close out games that you're ahead in, and right now they're giving back points. I think that's the most disappointing is if they were playing catch-up hockey – 
and bringing it to overtime, that would be one thing. When they have the lead and then they're being caught and having to go to overtime, that's a different animal. You know, you talk about Craig Ruby talks about, oh, well, win's a win. It was a big win. It was, but it was kind of in the wrong order. You were leading, you lost the lead, then you won. That's great. But it would be better if you were behind, caught up, and won it. This is psychologically sure. is a little different. Absolutely so. All right, one more email. This is a really good one uh, coming from Nick B. It says, uh, hey there, uh, Donnie, Jeff, and Jamie, big fan of you, the Blues and the Point. I don't know if you're a fan of Barstool Sports, but they have a podcast called Spittin' Chicklets with former players Ryan Whitney and Paul Biznasty Bissonette, uh, whom you may be familiar with. Anyway, they just had another guest on who played for a bit in Russia. Whitney had mentioned in the past Russian gas, which I guess is some sort of concoction delivered via aerosol or IV. Apparently, it's supposed to be some sort of crazy serum that gives players energy and ridiculous strength. I read an article written by Ray Wh- Ryan Whitney about how great it makes players feel and how it makes decent enough players, super players, who shoot clappers from the red line to light the lamp. I was wondering if you guys specifically, Jamie, as a former player, if you know about anything about this Russian gas, did you ever play in the KHL or know anyone who did and do you have any insight to what this Russian gas is? Thanks for reading this. If you do happen to read it, can't wait to hear your thoughts and look forward to any and all future episodes. That's from Nick. Wow. Dude, that's crazy. Yeah. I, but Is that legend or is that a real thing? I bet you that's a real thing. Guys, it's real. I really? played there. I played in before. Like the KHL has actually evolved the game over there as far as some more safety and some more, a few, at least a few regulations on things I played in the Russian Super League where every team was owned by either a huge oil company or the mafia. And it was ridiculous. Did you have your choice? Uh, I didn't even understand what <laughs> can I, was going Can I go on. oil? <laughs> right. I choose oil. Well, but yeah, but if you choose oil, then the mafia comes to get to you anyways All because right. they got money on the game. I choose America. Yeah, so you got to be careful over there. Now, the Russian gas is real. Oh, it's real. And the, we had a doctor. Doctor. I don't even know. <laughs> I mean, like Dr. Nick on The Simpsons. Dr. Dr. Like, Dr. Acula, is that his name? I saw him like sweeping the concourse of the arena, and then now he's like holding a syringe in front of me. I'm like, yeah, you know what? I'm not sure. You wash hands in between? <laughs> wash hands. Uh, I have so many stories from Russia. We should do one episode alone on Russian stories. I'm down. All right. I'm yeah. down. Because there's so many. I don't even want to start to... I won't do them justice just to pick away at little pieces. Right. But to answer the Russian gas question, yeah, it's an IV, and they plug you in, and they literally put it in there. I don't know if it's blood doping. I don't know what the heck is going on, but it's, like, euphoric. And and you come out there, and you're like, wow, and you feel like you got the strength of, like, 10 men, and you can play You can play 40 minutes that night. And it's crazy. You watch these Russians now. Some of them have, like, arms growing out of the back of their neck. Hey, and you know, take the good with the bad. <laughs> But it, it's good for fights. It, it's uh, yeah. <laughs> great for ice time. Um, it's weird. Yeah, the Russian gas is real. I have no idea what it is. Um, well, it can't be anything on the up and up, or else it would. Oh, be it's here. not. Okay. Yeah. There's a reason right. that the Russian Federation, almost every sport, has been banned from the Olympics. Right. right. Okay. In the last, well, what? Like the whole track and field team got banned. Right. Yeah. Uh, their World Junior team and things like that got banned for. Uh, illegal substances in the body. Something's up. I don't know what it is, and I don't know how it, it regulates itself over there. But, yeah, it's a real deal, guys. The Russian gas is real, and you, they present it to you like it's vitamins. Oh, vitamins. Hmm. I'm like, yeah, what kind? I don't know. Vitamins. Yeah, I'm okay. 
Dude. I'll suck today. I'm good. Wow. Dude, that wow. just sounds like the wild, wild west. Like, like Donnie, is... you have no idea. I'd love to have that for Thursday evening softball out in Eureka. I would That's like to have that. You know what? I'd finally go yard. Maybe. You know what I mean? Maybe. Like, like, just... Stand up double at the best. I, I, at the best. <laughs> Dude, I don't even know. If I got to second base, I'd collapse, most likely. That's what I heard. <laughs> Actually, it's supposed to go the other way. It's not supposed to collapse. It's supposed to... Go the uh, hey, it's super cold out, right? And I, I started thinking. I grew up when in an era where, first of all, the world was black and white. We all know that. Make your age that's, that's fine. Um, but there wasn't as many, and there's not a ton of rinks around now. There was there was like half, maybe even less than half rink. I, I grew up uh, playing a lot of pond hockey, and I don't know how much you did, Donnie, at all, if at all. No, I, don't know. I never have in but my life. Growing up in Fenton, there was a lot of that around. <laughs> Did, I mean, I'm assuming that's where most of your memories are with outdoor. Oh my God. You know, was it uh, the ODR outdoor rinks? Yeah. <laughs> outdoor rink. Well, look at Jeff getting fancy. Oh, I'm, oh, I'm oh, sorry. Oh. I, I follow uh, Beer League Beauty on Instagram. That's how I know <laughs> oh, ODR. Yeah, I sorry. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's he's a great hockey player. Yes. He... No, it's actually a female. Uh, oh. Anyway, oh, yeah. No but idea. you grew up uh, playing pond hockey and some of your favorite memories from there, I'd imagine, right? Yeah, it was funny. Uh, growing up, we had like every neighborhood had a rink that everybody could go to and whatnot. And our backyard, which was probably the size of this studio, which is not big. I wish I had numbers to reference, but picture it's like a master bedroom, right. okay, in yeah. an average economic house in the United mm-hmm. States. I'm not talking about Donald Trump's house. Here. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and one time we had, like, freezing rain that happened, and the back of our backyard was kind of lower than the rest, and it all settled, and it turned to ice, I remember my brother and I were out there sliding around, and my brother, who's four years old, was like, "I'm gonna, maybe we could skate on this." Threw his skates on, and we start skating on it, and from that point on, we were like, "Wow, we have our own rink now." Now I thought it was amazing. Now, picture now the size of this right. room, yeah, right? Yeah. So it was limited. But then we, my, my old man went and bought like a big rubber hose so that it wouldn't crack or freeze. And we had to go in the basement, turn the water on, water the rink at night. Then turn it all off, bring the hose in the house, and wait. And it would saddle overnight. And then in the morning, man, you come. We had to put our skates on in the house and, and walk down the steps to the backyard, and then just like shot out of a cannon onto yeah. the ice. And we play from where daybreak to where we got to the point where we play into the night and hang. You know, one of those lights you hang on your hood. Back yeah, in the yeah, day. Like a oh, shop yeah. light almost. The shop like light that. with yeah. a little metal cage uh-huh. over the light bulb. Yeah. We had one of those on like a nail on the back of our garage, and that was our lighting to play at night. And we would just play, 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 and we'd stop playing to go to hockey practice or a hockey game. <laughs> right, right. And then come <laughs> Take back. your skates off and get to practice. <laughs> yeah. Right. And what? we'd come back and get on the ice, and it's some of the best times of my life and some of the funniest, too, because some days we'd have one of us play goalie and the other one shooting. Well, it hurts, okay? You're, it's freezing outside for one thing. And my brother's four years older than me, so he would wind up with a Colton Pareko <laughs> right. and, like, blast me in the nuts with a slap shot. <laughs> and so you'd drop, and then you'd be MFing your brother, and then be a fist fight. There'd be blood, and then more F-bombs flying around. Well, Sounds like a great time. Okay. The neighbors are right around. Like we've got like chain link fence is what we're dealing with here. Okay, we're not dealing with like privacy estates here. Sure, yeah. And my dad would come outside and just uh, he'd bang on the window because he could hear us and gloves would be everywhere we fighting. And we'd look at him and then if we were really pissed, we'd just keep fighting. Be like, 
I dare you to come outside. Right, the old man's right. not coming out in this weather. <laughs> <laughs> then every now and then he came out. And we're like, oh damn! Oh, now there's nowhere to go. I got skates on. Where the hell am I going to go? You know, and smarter, smarter than you thought. Yeah, uh, up the street from me, uh, the Eilermans. <laughs> Had a uh, an outdoor basketball uh, deal with chain link fence around it, but then like railroad ties around it, and it was a full length court, like a full length court, like McBride Eilermans. Uh, what? McBride Eilermans? Was that me? Oh, sorry, John Eilermans, the guy who's running McBride and Sons. Oh, I uh, there was, was a, like, oh. the dad's name is John Eilerman, but I don't think I don't think it's the same. But anyway, and it was sunken down just a just a hair to where you, if, when you knew it was going to freeze overnight, we would there was a handful of times we put the garden hose out there, turned it on, but our mistake was not telling. Greg and Brad's mom and dad. Oh, okay. So we got away with it with a handful of times, and they get the water bill. It really sucked. But man, that was the best because we had we didn't have to worry about falling through, you know, in a pond that sort of thing. And we had everybody just come play all day long. I mean, all day long. Difference was in America here, we had the pads on because we didn't want to shoot the frozen pucks at each other and kill each other. You guys didn't have any pads on, it sounded like. When no. You, like when nothing. your brother's shooting the frozen bucket, you're nuts. <laughs> no. Nothing. Not a mask. Not that we had. Uh, we took a hockey glove and we used it as a blocker. We took a baseball glove as a trapper, and that mm-hmm. was it. You had a stick, and that's you just did didn't your you best. Did you have catchers in baseball that you could have used that equipment? <laughs> yeah, but those gloves were harder to yeah. maneuver. Like, you wanted, like, I'm talking about for, like, a che- catcher's, oh, like, chest yeah, protector. No, that wasn't in the river's budget. <laughs> right. Okay? Not that's unless, the outdoor rink. Not right? unless yeah. that thing was thrown in in a garage sale where my old man threw down, like, a dollar and got, like, ten different items. Um, but one last story on the outdoor rink. This is funny, and, and like I I said you've met my dad he's mm-hmm. a unique individual donnie we got to get him on the podcast yeah, that'd be you, great. Oh, yeah well we don't have the fcc to worry about here, so. <laughs> That's true. Um, we had the back like i said earlier we just hang the light on the back of the garage well the back of the garage was butted up against this little rink we had and we didn't have a net like talking about catchers wasn't like in the budget well neither was a net okay right. so we would fire balls and pucks off the chain link fence and was starting to bend the fence in half and must so, be your brother must have had the hard shot he did Act, yeah he, well obviously he's four years older right yeah, yeah. So, but this is where i'm going this is hilarious and my dad came back one time and he's like well you know because we we're always whining but we don't have a net dad well he found a spray paint now mind you not even a good spray paint like brown spray paint i'm like where, what were you spray painting that was brown dad were you trying to make <laughs> fake wood like i don't know what you were doing here okay he and, worked at the brown malibu yeah, factory what were you doing like, all the brown malibus came he, from there guaranteed he got that thrown in at a garage show i'll throw in the brown paint you got a deal you know <laughs> and he comes back shaking the spray paint thing and he psh, draws a net there's and your he net four circles in the corner of the net you guys practice and you hit those circles, you'll score more goals. And so we we start doing that. And, you know, you first shooting the pucks like thud, 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 fast forward. So if we had like a little time lapse thing here, <laughs> my dad is pulling in the driveway. And as he's pulling his car up the driveway, oh. a puck goes flying over the car into the street. Because the front of our garage faced the street, the back of the garage, obviously – with the outdoor rink. Right. Well, he makes his way back there, and he looks over, and the garage is full of holes. <laughs> we had gotten so good at shooting the puck that we started, like, smashing the boards, 
and they were starting to fire through and through the drywall on the inside of the garage, and we fired one, and that's what went smashing through. Right. Went right over the car. And <laughs> okay. <beat>. Uh, <laughs> an, another difference would be after the first one went through the drywall, I may have stopped. Right. Okay. <laughs> right. So obviously you talked to my dad on this one. Big Jim comes to the backyard. What the hell are you guys doing? And he looks, and he's like, what the hell? What was your first clue to stop shooting? <laughs> the first hole. Yeah. He's like, what? So now we had holes on the back of our garage. It looked like somebody had been testing shotguns right. back there. <laughs> the drywall was all beaten to crap. It almost hit my dad's car, almost took out a neighbor walking his dog down <laughs> right. the street. Innocently. And yeah. so, yeah, so that was the end of that. And at that point, then my dad... Went and made a side deal. Big Jim was all about side deals. Sure, yeah. <laughs> Went and made a side deal with the local arena that when they got rid of their old nets, uh, he would take one in and we got one. We didn't have any netting, but it was a net. And, and so that ended the shooting off the garage thing, and we had several months of repairing that. My well, yeah, I was going to say, tell me, please, and, and your brother, if nobody's, or you may not know him from the NHL, but your brother played many, many years of pro hockey. You guys, I'm assuming, helped out dad fix the house around uh, here a little bit, right? Well, I mean, yeah, you, look, we, we were the hired help growing up. And then, you know, look, when we got older, uh, when I find, signed my first contract, I bought them a house. Oh, okay, and, there you oh, go, yeah, man. So, yeah. How so great of a feeling so I had to buy the house because the garage was crap. You <laughs> 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 damn near tore the thing down. <laughs> wow, that is, that's another thing to explore at another podcast is buying your freaking parents a house. Dude, that's, Can you imagine? That's, ama- that's amazing. Well, listen, wow. on the things to do agenda is to get Jamie to tell us KHL or Russian stories, yes, uh, Super yeah. League stories. So we will do that. But listen, thank you very much for listening to the Last Minute Blues podcast. Donnie Fandango, Jeff Burton, Jamie Rivers. Email us. Let us know. Tell us, Send us emails. We love answering your emails. And uh, we have a really great time doing this. So if you know somebody that's a Blues fan, share the podcast with them. We'd love to. Uh, yeah, we to, got a former NHLer here yeah. uh, that we can pick his brain about whatever. We're sitting in cheap seats going, hey, well, what about that? We can ask. You know what? I forgot to ask. Oh, Damn crap. it anyway. Can I throw yeah, it no, in real absolutely fast? have to. Why do these referees have to fake drop the puck and then kick people out? If you just stay, go over there and drop the thing, we can start playing. <laughs> right. Well, what happens is the good refs, they get in and they get out of there, okay? They get in and they drop the puck and they go, there's no worrying about the setups. The, the experienced guys will be kind of out of the dot and then they'll look around at the surrounding, make sure everybody's set, and they'll kind of glide into the dot quickly and drop the puck. All one motion, right? All one motion. Yeah. Now, the inexperienced guys or the heroes, as we'd like to call them, They'll sit in that crouch position and look around, and as they're going to drop it, do one more shoulder check, like the pitcher who takes forever on the mound. Right, yeah. You know? Yeah. It's that guy. And so then you're sitting there, like, on the balls of your feet as it is. You're trying to get going, and then he kind of does one more look, and you're like, yeah, and you jump through the circle, and then he's like, okay, next guy. But they don't necessarily fake the puck drop. But as they're looking around, the puck will move, and the two guys that are so in you're there. So you're at the starting point waiting for the for the tree to go to green, and you're starting to lean, and then he kind of hiccups. Totally. It's yeah. like. So if he would just glide in, drop the puck, we'd be fine. Yeah, so you're a dog guy, uh-huh. right? Donnie, do you have yeah. a dog? Oh, yeah, okay. absolutely. So dog guys, I'm a yeah. dog guy. Uh, picture playing fetch with your dog, and you got the ball, and you throw it like three, four times, and then the one time where you throw it, but you don't throw the ball. Oh, the, well, the dog, dog goes still nuts runs, going, right? where's, yeah, yeah. where's the ball? Where's the ball, dude? Same yeah. concept. So if you do the same thing where you every single time you're rolling it, and then the one time you roll into the dot to drop it as a ref, and you look a shoulder check, well, well hey, wait, where's the ball? 
Right. We're right. ready for the ball. He's so, son of a bitch. So you're like like stealing a base. You're just waiting for the the ref to move a muscle one more time, and you're going after the puck. You're waiting, and he screws with you, and then you're across the line, and he kicks you out. You'll get this probably more than Donnie. Well, no, maybe not, but specifically up your alley. Is it's all about how quick the release is? Oh uh, yeah, that is true. Yeah. Well, yeah, so far, one thing Go. that's become very apparent in the Last Minute Blues podcast is when we need to be done. Yeah. And I believe <laughs> that, that, puts a, that that puts a bow on it. <laughs> I guess I'm going to timeout now. <laughs> it is the Last Minute Blues podcast. Donnie Fandango, Jeff Burton, Jamie Rivers, thank you so much for listening. Go Blues. The Last Minute Blues podcast. Hear more at 1057thepoint.com. Peloton, let's go. This holiday... With the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes. From running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton. Motivation that moves you.